We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, yeah. George's Box. As always, I am your host, JJ, joined by my co-host, my best friend in the world, Keith McPherson. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> What's up, man? We're, we're best friends now. We, we got that game in. Last week, and uh, we got to bond at Billy's and whatnot. Um, it's good, bro. Man, um, you wish I wish I remembered any of that time. I just keep seeing more shit come <laughs> out of that. Like this, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon, and the stadium meets that I filmed during that game just came out. Yeah, with the British guy, and I'm like, I don't remember any of this. I just saw that, and like Nicole, my girlfriend, is in the background. I sent that to her, and then I just put out my like little YouTube. Um, video from the Cashman game and the Bronx Pinstripes game. And if for anyone listening, if you watch, watch all the way till the end so you can see JJ hit his uh, little bop to Cardi B. Oh, shit. I got to watch that. Yellow. I saw it this morning, <laughs> but I haven't watched it yet. Oh, man, this could be bad. It's a treat at the end. It's like if you actually watch the full 10 minutes, now people are just going to skip through. But if you watch till the end. You're in the middle of the uh, Billy's mosh pit. Oh, man. What an idiot I am. Well, <laughs> either way, we had a great time at that game. I'm going to just push it again real quick that uh, June 22nd, we have another event at Yankee Stadium. You go to BronxPinstripes.com. Go to the fan shop, and you can buy your ticket to that. I think this one's $69. Nice. You get yeah, a T-shirt. Cheaper. You get a ticket to the game. Hang out with us. Uh, Section 205. We have a pregame before. Really great time. The shirts this year. The shirts for this event. There's a different shirt for every event. These ones are pretty sick. Houston, you have a problem. Uh, Scott always does a great job with those. Yeah, I love the shirts. And they're they're blue. And, I mean, we got to beat Houston. And we know we'll potentially see them again in the postseason. So I like the whole Houston, you have a problem for this event. So speaking of Houston, there's a former Houston resident who I want to fist fight because he's a dumb ass. And that's Dallas Keuchel. Uh, last week we talked about it extensively that – uh, we were waiting for Dallas Keuchel to sign, really, any second, uh, and he just never signed. Uh, and we thought it was a hang-up between he wanted two, three years. Uh, I think we both agreed we wanted to see the Yankees go two, three years, uh, or two years and an option, something like that, just to get this deal done. Uh, he signs with the Atlanta Braves for what ends up being, just this year, at a prorated rate of $13 million dollars versus the Yankees' offer of $11 million. And we've had reports come out that after the Yankees gave their initial offer, which was the $11 million for the rest of the year, they came back and said they wanted you know multiple years or whatever. But at a minimum, they wanted more money. And for $2 million, the Yankees did not budge. Uh, Dallas Keuchel just, uh, I think it's single A or double A, went uh, seven shutout innings for the Braves. But Dallas Keuchel is not shaving that beard and not coming to New York. How'd that make you feel there, Keith? Um, I got over it pretty quickly. I mean, th- it made me feel more about us than it did him because we shouldn't be getting outbid by the Braves 
for a potential starter that we need. And I don't know. I just thought it made sense. We wouldn't be giving up prospects. We were all waiting for the draft to happen. That happened, and I was sure that we were bringing Dallas Keuchel here. We did the whole shave the beard thing, but whatever. I got over it quickly because it seems like to me he wanted to go to Atlanta. And um, from everything that came out, they said we didn't have an um, we didn't have the chance to counter offer or up our offer. So he probably took our offer, heard the Braves offer. Braves offer was more done deal. And that's fine because you can go to Atlanta. They got a beautiful park. I love that place. SunTrust Park is the model. I'm going there tomorrow. Like If you listen to this Wednesday, Wednesday night, I will be at SunTrust Park. Yeah, you should definitely go because that's the model standard for any baseball parks they make from 2019 forward. That place got it right. It's sick. But hey, go play down there and be forgotten about. Be average. You could you could have came to the Bronx, got in with this, put the pinstripes, pinstripes on and elevated your game. Instead, you're going to go to the Braves and we'll see what happens. So right now, the Yankees are sitting a half a game out of first place. And by the time we finish this, they'll probably be tied for first place again. Uh, at there'll be 41 and 23, uh, 41 and 24. The Braves are sitting, and I know he signed a couple days ago, but they're sitting tied for first place with the Phillies at 37 and 29. So part of me wonders when you look at the decision, did he just say, or, and I, I really don't know if it's so much him. I think we always say him, but when Scott Boris is your agent, I assume you're not doing a ton of, um, you know, independent thinking and a lot of independent thoughts. I, I wonder if Scott Boris just said, listen, Based on where the Yankees are, if you go there and they don't win or you don't perform well, you're fucked for next year. Whereas yeah. if you go to Atlanta, you're playing the Marlins, and yes, we have to, you know, we have the Orioles. Uh, you're playing Washington, yes, we have Toronto. Uh, you're playing the Mets, and I guess if you really align it, like we've got the Red Sox, uh, and you're playing the Phillies, and the Phillies are dealing with injuries. The Mets are four and a half back, but like they're going to fall apart. Washington's about to sell everyone off. Like, is it just, hey, here's an easier division and you can go in there and probably perform a little better and worry about next year and don't really worry about, you know, I don't think you're thinking the Braves are winning the World Series. Yeah, and there's definitely better weather down there. Uh, it poured last night, hence why there's a doubleheader going on right now. Um, what else? Yeah, he just wants to go down there and face pitchers. Maybe he wants to bat once in a while. Um, he's getting up there in age. He's approaching his like mid thirties. Maybe he wants to uh, be an NL pitcher and see uh, what that does for the rest of his. Um, I don't know. Did he did he sign more? Than, he signed for more than a year. No, so. he just signed for this year. Oh, it was just a. So one that's year. the so thing. You can't even say for the rest of his like. It was just contract. It's really just this season. It was a matter of two million dollars. He got two million dollars more for the rest of the year to go to Atlanta yeah, versus right. come to New York. Right, and that goes back to okay. If we're both putting one year deals on the table, how do we get? outbid by the Braves but yeah like I said I got over that quick I stopped I stopped reading into any of that stuff it's it is what it is and I think when you're we deep down it. as like a Yankee fan there's a lot of pride in the Yankees and Yankee fan I think like we'd all kill to have the opportunity to put on the pinstripes and stuff there is I, I feel like when someone has a decision like this and it's like yeah there's 13 million dollars or it's 11 million dollars for the rest of you and you could be a Brave or you could be a Yankee when someone does makes that decision to go somewhere else there's kind of just like all right well you're stupid like that's just you're like uh, yeah fuck you stupid like even and Robinson Cano, factor. like when Robinson Cano went to Seattle, it was like, great. Now you're the wealthiest guy in Seattle. Not even because it's Seattle. And like you're the third Dominican there. So congratulations. Yeah. And he's already back. Yeah. He's already, you know. Um, but yeah, with, with the beard factor, I mean, can't leave that out. Maybe he wanted to keep his mojo with the beard. And uh, that's fine. I don't know. That's don't tough. Know. Now it you're outside in Atlanta for the summer versus Houston, where like Houston, it was indoors. You know, they close the roof. You have the air conditioning. I never understand baseball players with long hairs and beards because, like, you're outside in the heat. Yeah, you're going to sweat and be a mess. Yeah. But it's, it's all for the look, man. These guys are all for the look. And baseball players are superstitious. So, like, I'm sure he, he has an attachment to that beard. And if it would have um, – shaving the beard would have also lost him a couple mil or whatever the numbers were, then, you know, he's, he's going to play for the Braves. Yeah, I guess it's like, oh, I got $2 million and a beard. So, oh, you know, yeah, and, and that's fine. I, I think I tweeted something about it. Like, man, let that guy like whatever in cash we trust. And we got to think that on the inside, because we don't know. That's another thing with Yankee fans. We speculate and we think we know, but we don't know what Jordan Montgomery looks like. We don't know how far along Seve is. And we don't know who they're on the phones with and what the plans are for the trade deadline. 
in cash we trust, we're going to get another starter because we need another starter. So now let's talk about that. Uh, we lose this weekend. We lose Domingo Herman. He's on the DL. 10-day DL right now, just a sore hip. So it's not like there's nothing major. They're not saying he's going to be out for, you know, forever. Uh, you know, 10, 10 days, hopefully. Um, and a lot of people, there, were, there was a narrative that because he even said it was the hip was bothering me a little bit, like every start, but he, it was fine enough for him to go out there and pitch. But then when he was doing long toss, felt some serious discomfort, said something to the Yankees, they put him on the DL. There started to be a narrative that he cost the Yankees Dallas Keuchel because he should have said that he wasn't feeling 100% and that motivates them to then go out and get Keuchel. I think that's absolute bullshit because, first of all, I want a guy who's going to go out there and be a gamer and, and try to get through his starts. Um, also, at the same time, he has only pitched 85 innings in a season in his career, and now he's in the you know high 60, 70. In a good case, he has three to four good starts left. Like, if we wanted to get seven innings out of him. So to think that the idea that the Yankees aren't making a move on Keuchel because they thought Domingo Herman was going to be healthy the rest of the year is a bullshit narrative because he everyone knows that he has to get shut down or minimized in his usage at some point this year regardless. Right. I, I would say that they're unrelated and, you know, he's a young guy. He's a young guy that is getting Cy Young talks or was getting Cy Young talks. At, at all a minimum, all-star talk. Talks. Yeah. And... I mean, you know, the timing of it, he's going to go until, you know, he got he got rocked against the Royals. I forget who else. And when you look at the timing of when he said it started to hurt, it's like, OK, it's when he started to not pitch as well. And being young, sometimes you're looking at these older guys, these veterans on the team that are going on the I.L. and you're trying to champ it out. Like, I don't want to be the next guy on the I.L., especially when all the news is talking about is the number of. Yankees that got hurt this year you don't want to be the next guy especially when you're winning games for us um I think he went like nine and one for his first yeah, 10 yeah, starts started so like nine and nobody one. wants that to end nobody wants that to end and I mean he's not you know I I don't know I assume he's not a dumb person so he looks around and goes well everyone's hurt and I can go out there and do it I mean did you want him if he four starts ago when he first felt a little bit of discomfort said hey I'm not I'm not feeling up to it, and they put him on the DL then. You still can't sign Dallas Keuchel. Maybe maybe they go harder at him, but I still don't think that that played a factor in it. And like then we just have another guy who it's like, oh, he can't stay healthy. Like He felt like he could go out there. He felt like he could pitch. He didn't put us in like huge risk. He didn't go out there and take the ball in Game 7 of the World Series when he wasn't 100%. He's out there starting May games when we have right. four starters. Right, a May game against the Royals where he's like, uh, I should be fine. Our bullpen's pretty decent. Like, let me go out there. And he's done well. I, I have no complaints with him saying that he's hurt. And we all know what the plan is to shut him down at some point. Um, it's There's no correlation with me. And uh, there's no correlation to me with him and Dallas Keuchel. And, you know, people saying, well, maybe we should. Like, no, I, it, they're unrelated. Yeah, I think just totally unrelated. Um. So, yeah, I mean, the last couple of weeks we've been able to come into this with a lot of energy and say, you know, it's great week to great week to be a Yankee fan, great week to be a Yankee fan. Honestly, aside from the Keuchel news, this was a pretty boring week to be a Yankee fan because I feel like, you know, last Tuesday was when a lot of the Clint Frazier stuff, you know, started to happen. And, you know, he came out and he hit a home run on Tuesday, but we end up losing that game 4-3. Tanaka, you know, gives up. You know, four runs in the fifth inning. We just never kind of get it back. The next day we come out and we lose. You know, we we blow a game late. We lose uh, 11 to 7 in an ugly game. Um, Vlad Jr. is becoming a little bit of what, you know, we were afraid of. Like, hey, this guy's yep. going to haunt us for a while. Uh, but then on Thursday, we kind of come back, score six runs early, win 6-2. DJ LeMahieu continues to be... You know what? Now they're calling him the machine, uh, which I love because the, all the guy does is come out and produce. So, I mean, when you look at that series in Toronto, yeah, we lost two out of three to a bad team, but it's the beginning of June. I saw people, you know, losing their shit on on Twitter, but 
it's really not that big of a deal. No, it doesn't matter at all. And if you watch baseball every year, it's a long season, and that's not a bad skid for a team to have on a road trip, especially early. It, it really won't matter down the line. And with Toronto, the Toronto series, they had a lot of energy uh, with the Raptors being in the finals and that city being alive. And people might not think about it, but when you see fans in your city cheering for another professional team, it hypes up the other leagues. If you see the basketball team doing well, the baseball players are like, man, we kind of want some of that love. There's nobody at the Rogers Center watching those games. So they balled out. And Vlad Jr., he is what we thought he was, young uh, Yankee killer in the making. And even like like Randall Grichik, we made Randall Grichik look like Joey Bats. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was just it was just a little bit of an off off series, especially coming off the Clint Frazier thing where Clint doubled down and then, you know, he came out and he hit that home run and everyone made a thing about, oh, the only one clapping for him was Austin Romine. I just think it was early in the game where no one was like hooting and hollering. Yeah, Clint. It was just early in the game for him to hit that home run. I don't think anyone really has an issue with him. Most of the guys on the team are older than him or his age. I think everyone's rooting for him. Speaking I of Clint, put, um, I, I do have to clear up. I did say last week that he was at the captain's, right, good. Um, uh, captain's training meeting, whatever it was. And uh, Clint actually reached out to me. He must be a listener to the show. And let me know he was not at that. Um, but still, that's besides the point. I think he's you know, moved on and handled it and said, like, I'm going to let my play on the field you know, handle it. There was like, oh, did he stare down a reporter after the game Tuesday? Uh, I don't think he did. I think he just... No, he didn't. It, he has... No, it, listen, I love Clint Frazier. Uh, he has a villainous face. Like, his smile on the right side, like, opens a little more. He just he has, like, a villain sma- face and demeanor. And as long as he hits the baseball, I don't give a shit. Right. And it's, it's funny. When you sent that screenshot that he, you know, kind of checked you on that and you were going to correct it this week, I had tweeted him maybe an hour after saying, just hit say the right things, and all of this goes away. And he did. He hit, and it pretty much went away. With us losing, the narrative shifted to, oh, you know, are the Yankees going on a little bit of a skid? And I think I also tweeted, I was like, y'all still mad at Clint? Like, get over it, you know? And I, I just see us moving on. We already have moved on. Uh, it's 9-5 in the game right now, rolling the Mets. Um, the Cleveland series, we got to talk about that too. But Clint did his thing, and... I don't know. Your thoughts on the Cleveland series. Let's go there with that. I mean, the, the Cleveland series, it's again. So I hate playing Cleveland. I yeah, same. I don't I feel like it's never nighttime there. Like the games always start. Like even Friday, I went also went to the Bronx Pinstripe BP crew event in Philly, had a good crowd out there. Um, shout to those guys. Um, you show up, it always looks like a four o'clock game in the ALCS in like 1996 like the shadows are always thrown off there it just always reminds me of those like four o'clock playoff games i watched when i was younger and again it's just a matter of you know herman comes out gives us six innings gives up four runs hell you know gives attack on run but we just didn't have the offense you know you know dan plesic's son went out there and you know dealt and got his first win seven strong innings and it's just you know we just couldn't get it done there's not a lot of game tape on the guy guys maybe weren't prepared enough you come out the next day on saturday and it's just a flat you know two runs to start the game off we score two runs in the seventh but in between we give up eight runs and you know cc went out there gave us five innings of four runs which is kind of what you expect at a cc at this point um and then you know holder is struggling gives up more runs once you see holder and Sessa come in, you know, we're, we're waving the right, the waving the white flag. And then at least, you know, we come out on Sunday, throw up a five spot early, give that right, give that back late in the game, score in the ninth, give that back. Thanks to Chapman. But then, you know, score in the, in the 10th and, and go out there and and get a win and another team win, which I, I, I'm big on these team wins. If you've listened all season of where a lot of guys contribute and when you go out there and you're using one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pitchers to get a win on a Sunday getaway day, that's a team hard-fought win. And, you know, you hope that that win on that Sunday turns things around for you and, you know, gets you ready to come home. And so far at this point in the first Mets game, it looks like it did. 
Yeah, and uh, with the Cleveland series coming after losing the Blue Jays series, I didn't think we were going to lose back-to-back series, but the sun never sets in Cleveland. Like you said, those games are like weird, like four o'clock games. The shadows the are just like just weird. Like, I just, I don't like even, it. I've never been to, have you been to that ballpark? No, Progressive no I don't go to I Cleveland. think it's also the way that ballpark is built and the way the sun hits it. But either way, like I, I don't like playing Cleveland. Like we have like weird history with them, like players that have played for us and them, trades we've made with them. Um, I mean, they have Tyler, like, they have Tyler Clippard on their team. <laughs> right, he sucks. Yeah, um, we saw him Sunday. That's how you know it's a win when you see Tyler Clippard. Yeah. You're like, all right, pack it up. Oh yeah, I was like, he still sucks. Awesome, glad we got him out of the Bronx. But um, what do I love? Oh, I love the little banter between Geo and Lindor. You know, everybody loves Lindor, and uh, you know he stole a base hit from. Geo, and then everyone picked it up from Fox to Yes Network to MLB. Them kind of playing back and forth. I think Lindor said something to him like, it, "Like it took you this long to get good, and you remember that Geo was in Cleveland system, so they they got to be friends. They got to have history." Um, Clinton was over there not for too long, but um, what I'll say about the Cleveland series, I wanted it for CC. CC uh, going um, on his 250 win, still looking for his. 250th win and going back to the place that it started for him. I wanted that game for him. It sucked that it didn't happen. Um, it was great to see Didi back, even though Didi booted that one. I'm watching the game and I'm like, no, Didi, no. He, he's looked so good, man. First pitch that he hit, um, you know, he hustles, tries to get a double, got a little greedy, got thrown out at second, but then he hits a bomb in that series. Like Didi has come back before Judge, before Stanton. And he looks like he's been playing all year. Yeah, I mean, I, what I found funny about the DD being aggressive, and I'm going to chalk it up to being aggressive. Maybe it's a base running error. It gave me flashbacks to when DD first came to the team. And for the first like month of the season now, we've got this guy who's like trying to replace Jeter. And he made so many like boneheaded base running errors or like was getting picked off making the third out at third base yeah, like, not reading it right yeah and it was just like you could tell he was like pressing and as soon as i saw him do that i was like he just wants to make i, I try to look for the positive in it and that like he just wants to make a contribution so he's just out there trying to give it all he can to let everyone know he's back yeah man and uh how i talk about um this team bailing guys out we did that again because with chapman putting guys on base well, not even. Go back. Canely coming in and not looking like himself at all. Did you hear about the woman that snuck into the bullpen and shook all of our um, bullpen pitchers' hands, everyone except for Chad Green? Yeah, it was like – it was <laughs> Like the security – like it was late in the game. Just so not paying attention. Lax. And apparently and it's like a 10-foot drop. Like she hung herself down. Um, like I, I forget when we went through the movies. I think maybe you, you haven't seen Fever Pitch with um, – where the Red Sox win the World Series in 2004. No, I haven't seen that. So um, Drew Barrymore's in that. And at the end, she's trying to come from center field to run out on the field. And she like has to hang down from the like the center field wall and then drop. And that's just like kind of how I pictured it. It's like not in the shoes <laughs> to be doing this and just like dropping down. Like you're lucky you didn't Someone blow on an the ankle. broadcast lady. has to catch that. But I don't know how that happened. But I made a joke that she must have put some extra on, on Tommy's hand because he looked terrible and he's been great all year. Um, so when I talk about guys bailing his team out, it started with Canley, then it went to Chapman, then it went to Didi, but we still fought and won that game in extras and all is forgotten. All is well in Yankee world. Like this team will fight and not quit and we're never out of any game and they pick each other up and that's a sign of a, a championship team and I love that. Yeah. And you know, you go through these losses and it's not like, we didn't lose these games to the Rays. We didn't lose them to the Red Sox. We went out to the to the Central, lost a couple games. You know, Toronto's not a factor. They're 18 games back. Cleveland's, you know, they're a 10 and a half back in the Central. They're a decent team. They're above 500, so it's not, like, terrible to lose that two or three. And we just – we got the best that the Blue Jays had to offer, and we saw the beginning of Vlad Jr. You know, we saw – that's the first time we're going to see him. And I remember when they called him up thinking like, ah, couldn't we have just played them a bunch of times earlier in the year? Because as much as I think he may eat himself out of the league, he also has a bit of a flair for the dramatic. And when you're playing the Yankees, that's flair for the dramatic time. Oh, yeah. And that's another thing. 
People need to know when we're going on the road, we're getting everyone's best shot. We're playing the Yankees. Everybody wants to beat the Yankees. We're getting everyone's best effort. Guys are ready for the moment. They're coming up to the plate. They all want to be the hero. So, I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I was fine with with the losses that we took because we were competitive and we were in all of them. Uh, what else do I have in my notes? Oh, your boy Guardy Party bust his lip with that helmet. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what, what are you doing, bro? You're supposed to be a leader, right? I, know, I understand you're frustrated, but set an example for the younger guys. Don't throw a helmet. Get bust in your face and then have six, six stitches. Kisses, yeah. Um, six stitches put in your lip and they said he didn't want any like Novocaine or I don't know what they use to numb your lip if it's Novocaine, but he just took the pain. I'm like typical Guardy. I mean, I feel like he has a uh, he has something to prove. They did a the Yankees social media team did like a they Yankees read mean tweets thing. And um, my guy Hubs over at Barstool, one of his tweets got read by Gardner and it was there was like a cold day and he was the only one in short sleeves. And, you know, it said something along the lines of like, you know, oh, of course, Gardner is the only one out there, you know, with no long sleeves being a hardo. And he, you know, Gardner read it and then he just goes, yeah, I mean, I just got to make everyone think I'm tough. <laughs> and like, that's what <laughs> yeah, it is. it's part of it. It's part and of in it. The, he's, he's, he's the feared little man. In the middle of those, like, listen, that's a, it's been a lazy week of baseball games. And when you're in that, when you're a veteran, if you're going to show a little fire, and throw a helmet, that's fine. Just throw it where it's not going to bounce back and hit you in the face. Immediately right back, and the camera's on you, and then they're making, uh, like I think, like, MLB on Fox made the, like, TKO, like, the Street Fighter Mortal Kombat of him versus the helmet, kind of like they did for Odell Beckham in the uh kicking net yep this is too easy have to do it yeah you know it's, it's gonna get it's gonna get likes and shares i tweeted the video out with like when you tell your girl to relax because i was like you're like oh relax boom oh, yeah. right back in the face we've all been there before <laughs> so let's i mean it's just a lazy week of baseball as we're getting into like the dog days of summer it's it's almost that time where you're like i just want to play the red Sox like every weekend like that's what i need to do um so we got the subway series going on now the subway series should be on a weekend but most importantly, we've got some injury updates. Uh, Didi came back. I mean, he's looking pretty good in the like you know couple games he's been back. He's you know four for nine. I'll take that. Cameron Maben last week hit four hundred. DJ Lemayhew three ninety three. Clint and uh, Clint hit in three sixty eight last week. So like these guys are still hitting, but we do need some help. Um, Dylan Batantis has been shut down again. Uh, he was still feeling uh, some discomfort on Friday, so he was shut down. He went to New York uh, for an exam uh, with Dr. Ahmad. Uh, they wanted to do some more testing after looking at him yesterday. We don't really have a big update on him, but it seems like June's not going to happen. Maybe July, maybe August. Uh, at this point, I just want him back healthy if it takes a little longer. Let's just beef up that bullpen. Um, Aaron Judge has hit outside for the third day in a row on Saturday. He's been pain-free. He's probably still about two weeks from being able to play in rehab games. But um, he's out there. He's moving around. I don't like the talk of him being back for London. Like, at this point, I don't no. want to see him in London at all. I, I'm not ready for London. How is he ready for London? <laughs> I just know what it is. It's a marketing thing, you know? Yeah, and I don't, like, I don't want to see his first game being back in London on weird turf with weird dimensions where he's never played before. At this point in the game, if he's ready to start rehab in like two weeks and it comes down to like he could be back for that, I'd rather he play weekend games over that because they have that Thursday, Friday, and Monday off. I'd rather him be getting at bats in than flying over there to be matched up on this weird field to just be a marketing ploy. Like I get it. The league needs it, but I need a championship more than the league needs Aaron Judge. And I mean, he should make the trip for the media to talk to fans. No, if he's in, if he's in the middle of a rehab, I don't care about that. If he's rehabbing, I want him if, playing. Well, I'm saying if he's close, I'm fine with him making the trip. I just don't want them to rush him back. Someone tweeted me and they were like, um, you know, after what happened to KD last night, let's not rush Aaron Judge back. And it kind of makes you think, like, if he's not really ready to go, he could re-injure that oblique just in a regular swing. He's a huge guy, a lot of power. He swings hard. He could re-injure that oblique if it's not back to 100%. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I hope our doctors and our medical team do the right thing with him. We know he wants to play. 
but I want to make sure he's 100% because we'll be able to go to London, win two games against the Red Sox uh, without Aaron Judge. I want to see him back, but I want to see him back in right field every day healthy for the rest of the season and the postseason run. Exactly. There's just there's more important things than him doing the press or rushing back or the expansion of the game in London when you're a Yankee fan. Like, I don't really care if London feels like they got the most out of this because Aaron Judge is there or not. I want him to be healthy and really just get him back to, like, the motions he has to do because if he comes back, has, like, a weird interaction with a wall or just, like, being on that turf or something, and now we miss him for significantly longer and we're hoping to get him back for September, I'm going to be pissed and I'll throw more tea Right in the bay. I'll teach London a second time around. Yeah, no, nah, and I know it's it's for TV because these are big games that are going to be watched on television. And I don't want to see Aaron Judge re-injure it and not tell anybody, and then it lingers on, and then he slumps and he's striking out three times a game, and we're like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with Aaron Judge. Fast forward to August, he's got to go out again. So, uh, uh, fingers crossed. I'm praying that they play it uh, the right way. I would love to to see him in London if he's close, but like I don't care for him to play in a London game if he's not close. Yeah, I mean, and I just I don't even, I don't want him close. I want him a hundred percent. But at the same time, based on I mean, the like time frame, in London, like physically, because I understand the presence of him. I'm not. But now let's say field. okay, so let's say he goes, uh, he plays in some rehab games. Let's say next week he can play in two, three games, or like two and a half games, whatever, in single A, and they're like, all yeah. right we can move you up to AAA and you can go to Scranton. And now it gets down to that, you know, it's now the week of the trip and he's in Scranton. And realistically, he needs, he could be called up to play on, say, Saturday if he got regular play. Do you want him getting on a plane on Wednesday and not getting to play on Thursday or Friday so that he can go do media? Personally, I'd rather he stay in Scranton get another thing and meet the Yankees in Queens on Tuesday for the subway series, then go over there to do interviews and miss valuable rehab time. Yeah. I I want to see him do what he has to do to rehab, but I just understand how MLB has these press events and these media scrums. Uh, They do it for all-star. They do it for the world series where they have, it's like, you know, it's media day, but for the game. And I know they're going to want to set up Aaron judge with his own table and have every reporter in the world around him. Like I'm fine with him going there for that, but we'll see. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna let us know within the next week or so whether he's headed to Scranton or wherever he goes. And uh, fingers crossed that you know this doesn't come back to bite us later in the season. God, I hope not. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, he's thrown off a mound. He's not thrown to hitters yet, but he's expected to be a big league option uh, in August or September. Uh, I think the Yankees still have to look at trades, and we'll as it gets closer, we'll dive more into trade deadline stuff. I just think it's too early to to. Think about that, especially at our level. Um, yeah, like maybe we'll get Bumgarner or Scherzer or whatever, but there's just Stroman. there's too many things at play, and we'll have to spend so much time talking about those as it gets closer and we get a better idea of really also like the team that we have. Because right now, everyone wants to, you know, oh, well, you got to trade Clint Frazier, but like then we don't have enough outfielders. So we, we've got to kind of see how things go there. Uh, Severino's throwing pain free. He played catch at 75 feet uh, on Friday and Saturday. They're thinking he'll be big league ready shortly after the all-star break if he doesn't have any setbacks. Um, that sounds great, but that's still, you know, we're talking a month out. So hopefully we don't have those setbacks. We've seen too many of them already. And then lastly, Giancarlo Stanton, uh, he's played it. He was hitting in simulated games. He's scheduled to start rehab games this week uh, at high Tampa. Again, as long as he doesn't get hit in the knee that strains a calf and like, Whatever weirdness happened last time, the idea is that he'll move to Scranton for next week, uh, get a few games in there. Then that would give him some time back on the Yankees roster before the trip to London, which then I'm fine with. Um, But the Cavalry's coming. We keep saying that, Um, you know, we do need to at some point blow, you know, blow things out, get away from the Rays and, uh, you know, really end the Red Sox season soon. But the Cavalry's coming. Yeah, it's exciting. Replace for 28, turning back into chase for 28. And I mean, it's still replace for 28 because now we're just replacing guys. Like I, I'm waiting for us to replace Kendry's Morales, who actually got an he's RBI three for today. three to start the game. And I was about to say, and he's three for three today. So he's like, OK, I'm trying to stick around. 
But um, yeah, I mean, I'm ready to see the the full Voltron, uh, the full beast of this 2019 Yankee team ready to rock. Yeah. Um, so let's take it around the league. Um, kind of still in in Yankees land. We got our first look at the 2020 baseball uniforms thanks to uh, UniWatch. Um, I followed UniWatch for forever just because I enjoy uniform stuff. But originally, Under Armour got the contract to start taking over uniforms in 2020. And then they realized after it, they didn't want that deal. And it went to Nike. So Yankee fans were outraged this week when uh, they got a look at what a Yankee uniform will look like with the NY on the left breast and then on the right shoulder, a Nike swoosh, and people were outraged for it. How did you feel about that, Keith? I'm cool with it. It goes back to, I don't know, kind of in the same vein of like putting names on the jerseys. Like people got to get over that. It's, it's 2019. Nope, jerseys, in the, jerseys on the back are stupid. Names on the back are stupid. We've gone over this. <laughs> okay, so I won't compare it to that. But it's the sponsors, and you know we're not outside of that. And I like Nike. Um, I rock Nikes to the game. I rock the Nike headband. I wouldn't mind a, a Nike swoosh on my jersey. Um, it's better than the Majestic Mountains, or I don't even know who else was making the jerseys. But like, I'm fine with the Nike swoosh. It's on every jersey. It, I think it's cool. It adds a cool little accent. Nike is like a good brand, good company, worldwide known. It's not like they're. I don't know. It's, it's not like they're putting the New Balance sign on there, or like, it's not like the NBA where they have, um, you know, like a Harley Davidson logo, like the Bucks have on their jerseys. I'm fine with the Nike swoosh. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes down to it, the like Nike's paying. Like, there's a lot of money at play here. Like, it's just you're talking about so much money to get this contract from Majestic. And, you know, I, I, I'm even trying to figure out like what the what it was like the the dollar amount. But it's a 10 year contract. Um, that's really what we're going to, you know, look at for the next 10 years. So we just kind of have to deal with it because when I don't think they even disclosed how much money this was. Um, you just. It's just something you have to accept. It's a small thing. Now, I know people were outraged kind of in the NBA when they started selling like ads on the jerseys. Some people were like, that takes away from the game. Like that's where the game is. Right. As long as they don't change the name of the stadium to Nike Stadium, I don't care about a small like black swoosh. Also, at the same time, as someone who uh, is really the foremost authority on what makes someone a fan or not a fan based on their jerseys, you're going to learn a lot about people by seeing, hey, where'd you get that jersey? You know, did you get that jersey in, in 2020 and you've been a fan your whole life? Maybe we'll see. But, you know, I'll probably actually never wear a jersey with a Nike uh, swoosh on it because I don't right, wear a jersey. Yeah, you don't need one. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to buy a new and one. And I don't wear jerseys of people who are younger than me. I think it's a bad look. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you already said. I'm a grown ass man. Can't wear some you own the jerseys that you're gonna own. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'll probably get a new one. Um, just because, like I said, I have Nike sneakers, I have Nike headbands, I wear Nike shorts to the game. Like it's just gonna work. We gotta get you an endorsement people, deal. The thing is, people love to get fake mad, and people, people like to defend the Yankees organization, and the Yankees organization is not looking for defense because people want to say like, oh, it's disrespect to put the Yankee logo over the uh, or the Nike logo over the Yankee uniform, and like. No, Nike signed off on that. The Yankees signed off on that. No one feels disrespected but you. Yeah, it's uh, it's just not that big of a deal. It's just people get upset to get upset over something that's different. Meanwhile, we have a team that's in first place, and all of our good players are on the disabled list. So, like, let's just let's keep it moving, essentially. It's just right. another reason to get outraged. It is that, like, you know, I started off this show, you know, months ago saying, you know, story that's not a story. And that's like kind of what it is. It's just as the baseball season gets long, you got to find stuff to talk about. And people found something to talk about here. I wonder what exactly it'll be next what week. that is. Story that's not a story. That's what that falls under. Yep. Um, we are getting our first look at the American League vote getters. Uh, we do have Gary Sanchez and Luke Voigt leading their respective positions. 
Uh, we have some other guys ranking up, you know, pretty high up. Um, I believe Glaber, Glaber Torres is our second baseman is ranking third in voting at shortstop. DJ LeMayhew is, I believe, uh, third at second. Gio Urshela is in the rankings for third base, and he's not even supposed to be here. What? Yeah, he just moved up. He, um, the Yes Network showed earlier that he's second among third basemen now. So the Geo fan base is growing. It's, he's very far behind Alex Bregman. But what's weird about this, and I actually just learned about, um, about this, is that instead of it being that we're voting starters and then the players and managers pick the backups and then the final vote, the top three at each, each position move on to another vote to figure out who the starter is going to be, which is kind of interesting, kind of weird. Yankees up 10-5. Yeah, I was just watching that. At, literally, I saw your eyes light up. The, G, the Geo fan base is growing off the wall. RBI double. He's just playing. Let's see it. Geo is just playing. The un, young guy. Unconscious. Geo continues. I think he just doesn't worry about anything other than hitting a baseball. And, like, that's great. Yeah. See the ball. I hit mean, the he's ball, o- everyone has said about him that he's always been able to pick it. So he goes into the game, he's chilling on third. When he comes up to the plate, he's locked in. Yeah. See the ball, hit the ball, catch the ball, throw the ball. That's all he's doing. Um, so one thing that I want to talk about with the All-Star thing is earlier in, uh, in the day game, the Yankees announced team, and Michael Kay specifically said, Luke Voigt wants to not only be an All-Star, which is great, wants to be in the home run derby. I want no one doing anything extra all-star weekend i'd prefer no i'd prefer yeah, if no. everyone got a starting spot and then said no i'm good i'm gonna sit this out we've got too many injured guys to be going up there and every like study shows that if you're in the home run derby like it does damage you later in the season so forget that luke Voigt. go in there play an inning maybe and then get out of there but it does you know i think overall it just shows this team and these guys what they've done and, you know, how much they've stuck together, stayed true to believing in themselves and what they can do and their production to even be put in the position to possibly play in this game that doesn't matter and I couldn't care less about. I mean, it's dope. I wasn't expecting these guys. I mean, no one was expecting these guys to be all-stars, dude. When you look at, at, at Gio Urshela being second among third basemen and DJ LeMahieu being third among second basemen, when this season started, no one was thinking they'd be on the all-star ballot. Yeah, Luke Voigt has completely washed Greg Bird. Like, no one even says Greg Bird anymore. Oh, I got a Greg Bird injury update. Still hurt. Like, that's, like, still hurt. It's like, still hurt, and it hurts him every day. Like, that was pretty much him, the update. Jacoby Ellsbury and Tulo. I mean, I wish him the best, but they're, they're like, non-factors. They're erased, like, from this season, and... It's kind of crazy because going into this season, like people really thought Tulo was going to be the starting shortstop until now when Didi got back. People really were saying that, oh, Greg Bird is going to show that he's better than Luke Voigt. Like, no. And Jacoby Ellsbury, there were even people getting excited. I saw somebody with the Jacob Bay jersey on saying, oh, you know, he's throwing, he's working with the team. No, these guys are erased, they have vanished. Yeah, sorry. I mean, they're they're not even like an afterthought. Like when I start getting all of the stuff together for the show in terms of the injury updates, like every once in a while I'll see it'll be like, oh, Jacoby Ellsbury. I'm like, who gives a shit? Who's updating this? That's a story that's not a story. It's whatever he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's done. And that's fine because Luke Voigt showed that he's not a fluke Voigt. And he's you know, he's mashing. He's got RBIs. He's got home runs. I'm sure he wants to be in the home run derby just to flex some more, just to be on that national stage. But everyone knows who you are, bro. We need you. I don't want to see Kendry's Morales at first base in the second half of the season. I don't want to see him on the team in the second half of the season. So we need we need him to stay healthy. Um, yeah, don't do anything extra, Luke. And if you want to, I, take. I, let's make a deal with Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt, you skip the home run derby. You can do your shirt down one more button. Now you're <laughs> at your belly button. You're really letting it breathe. And you don't have to be in the home run derby. Well, isn't there um, the incentive this year where the it's winner a million, gets a million dollars? Give them a million dollars, Yankees. 
Give him a million dollars for making the up team. And just like, yeah, just give him give him some extra cash and 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 negotiate with him. Say, okay, here here's a some like here's half here's a half a mil if you don't. Here's what we need. Here, take this five hundred thousand dollars in cash in a brown paper bag. Some local business owners in New York, like whoever it is, or even if it's like. You know how, like, even, like, Subway and Dunkin' Donuts, like, they have their, like, local, you know, ad, like, they have it ads in every city, and they use, like, local players. Yeah. Some company should come out and be like, Luke Voigt, you can be the face of us or whatever. We'll give you a million dollars to not be in the home run derby. Yankee fans, we did that for you. People would be like, yeah. I'm not going to Starbucks. I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts because they're trying to go to the parade. I would love to see that. Uh, the city of Toronto just had a bunch of um, restaurants sign up for this like Kawhi and dine thing where Kawhi Leonard eats free at their restaurants if he stays in Toronto or something. Like We need New York to get behind Luke Voigt yeah. and put together a campaign for him not to be in the home run derby. Yeah, and, I mean, it's a win-win. He gets a million dollars. You get good press. He gets to be like his first like big ad deal. This is perfect. I should be an agent. Um <laughs> what else is going on around the league? Ooh, Madison Bumgardner, who I do not want the Yankees to trade for, is being a grumpy old man. Now, I do think that we need this in the game because it makes the game more exciting when someone like Max Muncy looks at a home run. Uh, you do need a crotchy old man to be like, oh, you got to you know, put your head down and run just so that we can get this story. But um, if you haven't seen it, Madison Bumgardner Gave up a home run to Max Muncy that went into McCovey Cove. Uh, Max Muncy was watching his home run, and before he even got to first base, Madison Bumgarner's yelling at him to just put his head down and run. Max Muncy uh, then said, uh, I can't even say it with a straight face. But the more I think about it, um, I, oh, I forget what he said. Oh, Bumgarner said that he should just let the kids play. But Max Muncy said... Uh, that Bumgarner told him, don't watch the ball run. And Max Muncy alleges he said, well, if you don't want me to watch the ball, go out and get it out of the ocean. I love that. Uh, I don't, I think, right I don't think he actually said that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like that one took a while for him to. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't think it. he's that quick. I think it's a very funny line. And I don't know why it bothers me that I've been like, I'm pretty sure that's a bay, not an ocean. I don't know why that bothers me, but it does. But. I think it's funny. I just don't think Mac, Max Muncy said that on the field. No, I, I I saw him doing the like, come on, like if you want a piece of me, come on, like waving him over when he was running the bases. But I don't think he fully said that line about, you know, go get the ball out of the ocean. Um, I saw Rotoware right away made the T-shirts, go get it out of the ocean. And then Mad Bum, like what a perfect nickname for the guy. He's a mad bum. This guy gives up a home run and cries about it. And tries to say, like, run. You run the first base. Bro, you don't get to tell him what to do. He just smacked that ball way far out of the park, into the water, over the kayaks. So you just tuck your tail. This whole let the kids play thing has, has been taken, I don't know, so many different ways. I guess it's up for interpretation. But, like, let the kids play. When you look at guys like Chris Dietrich and Tim uh, Anderson and how they pimp home, home runs. Max Muncy didn't even pimp that. He just kind of, I think he might have been surprised, like, yo, that one's going deep. Mad Bum crying like that just makes him look worse, and there's no shot he comes to the Bronx. There's zero chance we make a move for him. So everyone with the I don't, trade I don't think Frazier for Mad Bum straight up, trade Clint now for Mad Bum. No way. I, I don't we, don't, think, we don't want that energy over here. Uh, yeah, I don't think Bumgarner would fit in well with this young team that's been like fighting and scrapping to stay competitive. You bring in a guy, and yeah, he's got the postseason pedigree, and I totally get that. I just think from a personality standpoint, it doesn't work. And let's say, I mean, we kind of deal with it with Tanaka, and we saw a little bit of it today. Tanaka has a tendency where if there's a bad play behind him, to kind of stare down the fielder, which I really don't like because they even uh, they referenced in the game that David Wells did that one time and Jeter was still very young. And Jeter came up to him and said, you can't do that. We don't do that when you give up a home run. Like, we don't stare at you. Right. Um, I feel like one of these young guys doesn't make a great play. Bumgarner's got a lot of ego. I just don't think from a chemistry uh, standpoint, it's a good fit. Obviously, he's a great player, uh, especially in the postseason. But... Uh, I just don't see with that attitude him fitting in with this clubhouse. No, no way. And I'm just like not a fan of his. And he makes everything worse with his post-game speeches and the things that he decides to say to the media. 
Like your team is trash. You're past your prime. Your ERA is high. You'll probably get out of San Fran, but there's no way we're putting you on this team. So like, just chill out, man. Pitch better. All right. Now we're going to do it. This is where if Scott's listening, when Scott's listening to this, he goes, all right, JJ, don't. Don't lose this website for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking to myself earlier today in the car. I'm like, how do we do this without like making a joke out of this? Like we have to. All right. Let's both right. put on our serious faces. right? I now. can't promise. Because it's not a joke. So, so go right. ahead. I'm ready. On Sunday night, as we were going to sleep, uh, word broke at just after like 10 o'clock. So maybe you we weren't going to sleep. Uh, that David Ortiz had been hospitalized after being shot in the Dominican Republic. Uh, originally it was thought to be an apparent robbery. Since then, more information has come out, including the video of David Ortiz actually being shot, where it doesn't look like a robbery. It looks like someone walks into uh, kind of an open-air cafe, bar, opens fire, one shot, Ortiz hits the ground. Uh, there then was video footage of the person who was a suspect, because there were two suspects, one shot, the other one drove him on a motorcycle. Motorcycle fell down, that guy ran. The guy who shot it uh, was apprehended. Um, before police could get there, he was beat severely by people in the area. Um, there have been some Yankee fans who said some distasteful things. Uh, they definitely got, um, you know, they they got you know really dragged online for it. Um, then late yesterday, uh, later in the afternoon on Monday, there was a story that. Uh, David Ortiz may have been targeted by a drug lord because he allegedly has been having an affair with that woman's wife. And now those are all the facts that we have for right now. Aside from David Ortiz had part of his intestine and gallbladder removed. He was transported from the Dominican Republic to Boston. I think he was at Mass General. The Red Sox provided a plane to get him out of there as soon as he was stable enough to fly. His family is with him. Um, he is considered to be stable right now. Went through surgery till about one o'clock in the morning. Okay, those are the facts. Now here's another fact. I talked about Dustin Pedroia a week, two weeks ago. There's only one person in baseball that I hate more than Dustin Pedroia, and that's David fucking Ortiz. And I hope David Ortiz lives. I hope he lived the whole time because David Ortiz does not get to die like this. He does not get to die before he sees the New York Yankees win a world fucking series again. Can't go out like that. Not some cheap shot while he's not looking. I want David Ortiz to watch the Yankees hoist a trophy and another trophy and another trophy and another trophy because what he did to us over the years, no one else is coming in to do again. So I want him to watch that no one else could live up to what he did and I want him to see the Yankees host many more championships throughout the years. Never wanted him to die for a second, but I want to see him live to suffer through watching us be great. Also, he cannot pass away until he's exposed for taking uh, all the steroids that he did and denied throughout his career. I'm trying not to laugh. You can laugh. You can laugh all you want. I'm pretty serious. So I used to call him Big Sloppy for the longest. I still refer to him as Big Sloppy because he's a fat fuck. But when I saw this, I was disturbed. I was completely like, I went, I did go to sleep. I was like, I don't know what is going on. But could you imagine if we lost David Ortiz that way? We've already lost enough baseball players from them getting in car accidents, going back home, boat accidents. If we lost David Ortiz to a gunshot, from a hit put out by a drug lord in the Dominican Republic. I know a lot of my Dominican friends were sick over the news. You saw Pedro Martinez on TV crying about it. It would crush the baseball world, the sports world to see that happen. So I'm thankful that that shot to his back hit where it hit. That's the grace of God. That's God. Yeah. The fact that that went right um, through and that the guy only shot one shot. Like there's a lot of time. Coward. I feel like coward. I feel like if you're in that thing and you're paid to shoot someone. And again, we don't know all the details. This is all a terrible shot. Like you just keep going. Like you empty that clip, but no coward. That guy was a coward and it's crazy. I've never been in the Dominican Republic, but to think that there are drug lords that can control people, young people, because this guy is 25 
to like, they were posing as cops. They ride up on a motorcycle to a place like that. That, that was an open air place. That was a place where, I don't know. But Joe, in if, the if, Dominican Republic and even in like Mexico, there are a lot of like bars, clubs that have like an outside area. Like there may be an inside area. It may be just totally outside Panama too. I've, I've been to Panama and it's like that. And you're like, you're going to the bar and you're just outside. Um, you know, just from like a, a temperature standpoint, like it makes more sense. But they're very cool, very fun when no one's getting shot at. Um, sure. And I mean, there's no security or way to stop that if they were on a motorcycle or like on like a bike that looked like a police bike or dressed as police. But then when I saw the video, of the guy that got beat up, he didn't look like he was in any police stuff. Yeah. So like, I don't understand where, where all the, I think there's a lot of mix reports coming out of the, the Dominican Republic right now because first they said he was shot in the leg. Then they said he was shot in the back. Um, there even and the information yeah. that was coming out it was all over the place. And then very quickly, I saw the bloody video of the guy. And that's where I was like, OK, this guy might get killed. They might kill this guy for trying to shoot Ortiz. Um, I'm going to sleep. I'm not going to watch any more of this on Twitter. And the news broke on Twitter like almost everything does. And you got you got to see the uh, the Yankee fans that are just dumb. Just like there's no other word to describe them. I saw a guy say, oh, my Hall of Famer, referring to A-Rod, is chilling with J-Lo while your Hall of Famer is getting shot. And I'm like, what a full-blown idiot yeah. to compose a tweet That like is that. stupid. That is that is so stupid to do. Um, I personally, like, when the fans cheered when Kevin Durant got injured, it's like, oh, you fuck, I'm 20 minutes away from winning the first NBA championship. We're going to win. He'll be back, and he's got $140 million. We're not talking about a guy getting shot and possibly losing his life, especially also being shot and like, no offense to Dominican Republic, but like, you're in the Dominican Republic. I don't like. He got on a plane less than 24 hours later for a reason, and it makes me right. wonder with these players. Like, we hear about players going back; they're getting robbed, they're getting shot at, or they're like drunk driving on like roads that aren't paved and flipping their cars. Why are you fighting your whole life to get out of a place to just make yourself a target and go back? Now I get it. You don't. You can't stay away for forever, but. When you are of that notoriety, and I get it because David Ortiz is so loved by like by everyone, really everywhere, probably never worried about it for a second. But now there are also reports that he was warned in advance that something could happen like this. Like, what are you doing going to some place like this without security, open air bar? Um, you know, you got to wonder. And I think that's why I don't know if it's a president or what it is for the Dominican Republic did come out and like they're very on top of this because this kills, you know, this kills tourism. This kills these guys who are making it out and making millions of dollars coming back to visit, to spend money, to invest in the area, to start like camps, to help kids. Like there's such a trickle down effect from shooting David Ortiz that you mm -hmm. do got to wonder how the Dominican Republic as a whole is going to suffer by, you know, their own people not wanting to go back there. Yeah, it's a, it's a black eye on the country because he's supposed to be a god in DR. He's supposed to be, you know, one of the most famous guys to come out, and that's how he gets treated. It's uh, it's disturbing. It's sad. Um, it actually parallels to the hip hop community. I think we just passed either today or tomorrow. Um, Chinks Drugs, who ran with French Montana, he was shot in his hood, and it's this thing, right? You make it out the hood, but you want to come back because it's all you know, and sometimes you just want to go back to what you know. And flex, you know, and they say, don't go, come back to the hood, but these guys are drawn to it and they always are going to come back and then they're targets and you got to have security. You got to watch your back. You can't think you're above anything. You can't get caught slipping, as they say. When you look at, you know, Nipsey Hussle, who just died a couple months back. He was right he outside his store, right? Yeah, where he wasn't expecting anyone to ever do anything to him. Same with Ortiz. Ortiz is sitting there eating dinner, doing whatever he's doing. He's never expecting well, that that's to That's what's curious is people are saying, like, he was warned because of this. And, like, again, allegedly. It's alledgedly an affair. So, you know, I got to throw that allegedly. And in. that's a whole oh, Marlins man is at this fucking Yankees-Red Sox game? That cock. Um, sorry, I just saw him, and I got irrationally yeah, I angry. He pays for sex. He does too much. He pays for man. sex. I used to think, like... He pays for sex. No, he pays for everything. He pays for a lot, That's his whole he pays for thing. A lot of sex. He pays for everything. He pays everything. for a lot of sex. He needs to pay for a new jersey. I'm tired of seeing that orange jersey, bro. Um, like, just go to the game once without the Marlins man get up. No, because then he's nothing. Then he's just a creepy old guy who pays for sex. Um, so, yeah, like we were saying, you know, with, with Ortiz, like, maybe he was mentioned, like, then there was, like... 
did he know that he it was a drug lord's wife was or not he's also married and has kids so if anything this is just another lesson of like don't cheat don't you know you're gonna end up you know in trouble of some kind hopefully everything works out they say he's gonna make a full recovery but david ortiz is not allowed to die like this david ortiz can die in my opinion three ways Here's my three preferred ways that David Ortiz dies. Number one, uh, he gets brought out for something at Fenway Park and the whole stadium collapses on everyone uh, because it's an old piece of shit. Number two, uh, out of guilt from pointing the finger at other people who took steroids while he did and he just guilts himself to like, I, oh God, and then he just like passes away in his sleep. Uh, and then the other one is in old age, he passes away in his sleep after watching the Yankees win their 40th World Series. I think those are my preferred three <laughs> ways that David Ortiz passes away. Definitely not shot in an outdoor club in the Dominican Republic. And I think that's very nice of me because I could have said things like, this would never happen to Derek Jeter because Derek Jeter is a faithful man. But I'm not saying that because we don't know what happened. Um, and don't get all butthurt. I'm just making a little light of the situation. Uh, we, we, we hope nothing but the best because David Ortiz is an ambassador of the game. And um, now he, uh, I think we can cement that he's definitely not coming out of retirement because I feel like every Yankee fan always worried a little bit. Like, what if they sign him in September? <laughs> he could probably still yeah, hit. Last year, last year, I was like, man, if you add him to this team, what a joke. But um, here's the last thing I'll say about Ortiz. Uh, I did get to meet him in the fan cave. And um, um, my guy, Deflate Gator, um, he put out the video of uh, Ortiz in New York City giving New Yorkers hugs. This guy is one of the last baseball stars. And when I say stars, he is one of the guys that walks into the building and you feel his energy and everyone knows who he is and everyone wants to meet Big Pop. I've said for a long time, like Mike Trout couldn't walk. He could walk into a bar in Midtown Manhattan, get a drink, and there would be a ton of people who have no idea who he is. David Ortiz, A-Rod, Jeter, guys like that, they transcend the sport. He's one of the last stars from this game in the last decade. Uh, he's hilarious to me when he does the pregame stuff with Fox and with A-Rod and them going back and forth with like the, the Yankees jacket and the rings and stuff. Uh, wish him the best. Full recovery. We can't. I mean, we got to do better as, I don't know, people, society, the world. We can't lose a guy like that. That guy is a superstar. Um, I'm glad that we didn't see the news turn into, you know, David Ortiz, uh, rest in peace. So um, shout out to Boston for doing right by him, um, flying him back. And I hope we see him by, you know, by the postseason. I hope by the postseason he's in good spirits, he's healed up, and he comes out and he talks about it or, you know, he's he's good to go. Uh, this stuff is traumatizing. So um, stay you know, out of the Dominican up, Republic. Prayers up for David Stay out of the Dominican Republic for a while, Poppy. Let them sort that out. Do not go back there. Um, I did see some Boston fans were like, you think maybe he'll he'll be good enough to uh, have a message, at least on the Jumbotron, for the Bruins game seven tonight? It's like, oh. yeah, that's what it is. No, The Dominican guy a with a bullet through his body is worried about fucking hockey. I don't think so. Yeah, that's just as, yeah, that's just as dumb as, as the Yankee fans uh, saying, you know, like trying to compare. Yeah, it's not like the rivalry ends. When it's life or death. Yeah, when a guy gets shot, the rivalry rivalry has nothing to do with this, you know, this happening. Like, he hasn't played for the Red Sox in a couple years, and we put the rivalry to the side when we're He could have still played for the Red Sox if he got shot. I'd I'd feel bad about that. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, but I'm saying, like, it's just he's he's done with the Red Sox. He doesn't play for any team anymore. So the hate that people have for him to write tweets and – I don't know, just make jokes out of him getting shot. I'm like, are you guys under the age of 12 or are you guys just full blown grown idiots? Like I got off Twitter that night and I was disgusted. I was like, prayers up. This is disturbing. And some of you need to tweet less. He's got to watch us win 13 more World Series. Then he can die. Whatever movie that is, we're like, now you can die. Once we hit 40, then he can die. Hopefully of old age and having great contributions to the world. Uh, We do have to wrap things up. You could follow myself on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx. Same on Instagram. Follow the show at George's Box Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, follow Keith at Keith underscore McPherson on Twitter 
at Keith McPherson on Instagram. Come out June 22nd. Go to BronxPinstripes.com, Fan Shop, uh, Houston Astros, Saturday, 7 o'clock game. It's going to be a good time. We're going to be turned up. Uh, Keith, you got anything else for the people before we let them go? Yeah, my listeners out there in Tennessee, Georgia's boxers in the South, Tennessee. If you're at Bonnaroo, hit me up. I'm going to Bonnaroo tomorrow. I'm flying out to uh, hit the festival. It's festival season. I'm going to be with my sister and helping her with her brand and her company, Current Events, Sparkle Bar. So if you if you follow me now and you see me post any glitter, sparkle stuff, that's my sister's company. Um, I'll be at Bonnaroo rocking for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, yeah, hit me up if you're headed to Bonnaroo 2019. If you're going to Bonnaroo, Keith needs some Molly. That's what I got out of that. <laughs> My man. Already got it. Hey, have a good time. He's boofing it all the way to Tennessee. Uh, that's all we got for this week. Uh, hopefully it's a more exciting week in Yankees baseball. We're beating up on the Mets to start the week off. Uh, we hope you'll give us, uh, give us a retweet. Give us a share. Give us a review. Tell your friends about the show. We hope to see you on the 22nd. But I'll tell you what. I'll definitely see you at the parade. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.